Welcome to Chasing Squirrels podcast, where we explore the stories of change and change makers in education. I always say that it's the, not to be scared of being flexible and letting your students know that you don't know everything all the time. Yeah, and just trust that it's going to work out. <laughs> and then if it doesn't, Try it again tomorrow. What are you gonna do? I'm prepared to be. I'm prepared to be the only. I don't want to be the only, but I'm ready for it if I have to be. All right, folks. Welcome to Chasing Squirrels podcast, a podcast where mistakes happen, and making the best of a situation is our mantra. So this week. I did not take proper steps in checking my equipment. Last week, I was in a podcast and some of my colleagues that were listening to me said that I sounded a little bit like I was on a Doctor Who episode. I didn't think much of it. Actually, I totally forgot about it at the time. I was like, I got to hear this audio. It's probably pretty awesome. But throughout that other podcast, like my colleagues were just cracking up. They're like, well, here comes Clef again. And it sounds like he's underwater. So this week, I got a chance to talk with AJ Gonzalez, and AJ is a personalized alternative education instructor, spec ed instructor, and also is doing a little bit of guidance in Ontario, Canada. And a big part of our conversation kind of floated around the fact that um, in alt-ed, a big part of finding success and finding passion and finding the connection with the kids is making the best of random situations, making the best of multiple course load, making the best of every moment that you have in the classroom with those students. And really, if I take, if I take what I learned from AJ this week, <laughs> apply it against the huge mistake that I made with, uh, you know, what been learning about how to fix the audio on my own, own podcast, then, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel so bad. I think to myself, you know, I'll figure this one out. I'll uh, make the best of it. And hopefully my next podcast, I'll be able to uh, have some new tools or new angles to fix a, a mistake that uh, could be coming down the pipe. So the switch up for this week will be that I got to throw the questions in on a separate track so this is going to be new territory not quite sure where it's going to end I know that uh, AJ's story is fantastic and I know that in the end it's about her talking and not me so without further ado here is well half the conversation I had with AJ and uh, the other half is me dubbed in here we go First off, I wanted to know from from her perspective, what is personalized alternative education? 
what is it for me? Oh, it's such a hard, it's a very difficult question to answer. And I always struggle with it when people ask me, well, what is it? And I always just say, well, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's personalized education. So we have, I have students coming from so many different places and they just, for some reason or another, they have a difficult time in a day school or in a mainstream program. And I don't like using those words, but for the sake of understanding, I'm going to keep, I'm going to use it that way. And for some reason, they just <clears throat> have difficulty in a regular classroom. So I give them the opportunity to learn differently, to learn at their own pace, to be able to adapt what they're learning, to make it experiential, to kind of meet them where they're at. So I have some background in, in Alted as well. And often I'm asked by my colleagues, you know, how do you, how do you work in an environment like that? Like, what does it look like to teach inside of a personalized alternative education program and uh here's what aj had to say they will see uh 16 different students working on possibly 16 different things six different subjects um they will see me moving around talking to all of these kids they'll see some students working together they'll see some students working on their own some students on laptops some students writing some students writing on a whiteboard because they can't sit still. Some students, you know, sitting outside in the hallway because they don't want to be inside the same room. Some students getting up and walking around. So you'll see a lot. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of everything going on. AJ's in her second year of placement in personalized alternative education. So I was wondering what looked different in her second year, um, what she had switched up it's so that uh, program could run a little bit more smoothly. Here's what she said. Oh yes, completely. Because I went in there thinking, okay, this is exactly, this is how I'm gonna do it. I had a great plan. I thought, okay, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna teach everything in this way. And then I saw the students and I met them and it just changed. And then this year you get a different group and it's actually every nine weeks you get a different group. So it has to change. I have no choice but to change it. <clears throat> it's quad programming so our classes are split up into four quads as opposed to two semesters and I do one class in the morning and one class in the afternoon so for nine weeks straight students are taking two credits as opposed to four and then I have some students who are graduating after one quad there's some students who need only one or two to graduate so they're coming in to just kind of finish it off working in programs like personalized alternative education and and even in the program that I work on where I work with students that are suspended and expelled um, I, I've been asked you know why and this is from the students you know why are you why would you want to work in in a program like this and I quickly and boldly tell you know whoever asks that it's intentional I really do enjoy working in smaller class spaces where I can make deeper and more direct connection with the success with the students and as AJ and I were kind of hashing this out, she kind of agreed. Yeah, I always say, you know, I was that student. I hated school and I don't want students to feel like they hate school. And I enjoy teaching you guys. I always tell them that. I say I came here with a purpose. I applied to it just like you say, and I enjoy this. This is where I have fun. I always tell them I go, I'm in a big, if I'm in a bigger class, you know, teaching to 30 students, I'm not having this much fun. 
I'm not getting to talk to people. I'm not getting to enjoy and get to know my students. So I always tell them that, that I'm there because I want to, I want to be there and I enjoy it. I, I enjoy their company. I think that's the biggest thing. I tell them all the time. I enjoy your company and I enjoy seeing you do well. That's my goal. So for me, it wasn't all that challenging to get involved in these small programs and to start building relationships on the small scale with fewer students. And despite fewer students, some, some pretty complex um, teaching environments. But getting into the program then and getting into these smaller spaces sometimes presents some challenges, especially when you go to staff meetings and you start to kind of share experiences, um, some of the moments that happen in your classroom. Here's AJ. Yes, and that's it's the hardest part about being where we are, that you're, we, we go to these staff meetings and everybody's talking about these experiences and these goals and these things that they're doing. And I'm just, you think to yourself, well, is that going to work with me? I'm so different. I'm doing things so differently. And you want to try to find that balance in between doing what every, like doing what's happening, going through what's happening in mainstream, but then still doing what you need to do for your students who don't necessarily fit that profile. I'll have an assignment and it's all ready to go. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I have a student who looks at me and says, mm, can I do it this way? <laughs> I'm just like, um, you know what? Go ahead. It works. It works. Just add this or just make sure you include this. Because what I need to see is that you're able to do A, B, and C. So if you can show me that you can do A, B, and C, go for it. So, you know, I was wondering, what, um, what do you share with your colleagues when you get to their, the staff meetings and, it's, you know, you go around the table and talk about, talk about your, your learning experiences from your classrooms? What kind of advice do you give to regular program teachers? I always say that it's the, not to be scared of being flexible and letting your students know that you don't know everything all the time. Because I'm teaching like six different subjects and to be completely honest, um, I may not know everything about every single subject that I'm doing and I'm really not scared about telling my students that I don't know that and say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, let's look it up together, let's figure it out. And you don't get to know them in the same way, like you don't get to see what makes them tick. And I mean, I, I feel like at the end, by the end of the quad, the student doesn't have to say to me, hey, can I do it in this way? I can sort of predict, you know what, this is going to work for you. And I can present them with something that they don't have to ask to change or that they don't have to you know, alter themselves. They can just say to me, oh, yes, you, she gets me now. We started to talk a little bit about what we felt our purpose was in working in these programs. And I find in looking at alternative or smaller programs at some point um, the instructor or the educator in the room will come back to the fact that these young people that they work with making them feel safe making them feel wanted making them feel connected is also a big part of being in the classroom for them sometimes the important thing is knowing that there's somebody who's their cheerleader and who's saying to them okay you got this you can do it or opening up their mind to something that they thought they couldn't do or that they maybe they didn't maybe they didn't even think about being able to go to a college program or being able to try out a new job 
but you've been able to sort of point them towards a different direction. And that has nothing to do with teaching them math. That has nothing to do with teaching them English. It has everything to do with, like you said, the connectivity and knowing them and being able to say, this is what I see. I see this in you. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think because you're connected to them, you really care about them. And when something doesn't go their way or doesn't go the way that you imagined it, because at the end of the day, they're they're teenagers and stuff is going to happen and they're going to make mistakes. And sometimes when you're that connected or you're you take so much, you put so much effort into trying to help them see their potential and they maybe don't get there with you it's sort of heartbreaking because you know exactly what they could do and then they don't see it in themselves or they just don't get to it and you can't save you can't help everybody you can't just you can't do it all the time i wondered what it was like not only working so intensively with this small group of students but also getting outside of that classroom because of her multiple portfolio she was also involved with guidance is involved with guidance and uh, spec ed and I was curious as to what that looked like to the students when she finally made it out of the class <laughs> I know well for me it's like I walk through the halls and I'll talk to kids and because of the guidance role I get to meet different kids from the entire school but it's funny because then they'll be like, oh but miss where what do you teach <laughs> So then it's kind of like, well, I teach, you know, the alternative. And then I kind of just do a little brief explanation. I don't really go into very much. And they're like, oh, that room over there? And I'm like, yeah. And then they always say, well, can I be in your class? How do I, how do I pick that class in my course selection? <laughs> yeah, and I always say, like, mm, it's a special one. And, you know, there's a process for to get into that class or to get into my class. There's a process. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you have to interview, and you know, you and I have to have a conversation. And they're like, okay, well, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> AJ brings other experiences to her current teaching role. And when she and I first met, she was the lead instructor in a program called Section 23. Here's her, uh, here's, here's her, her, uh, her explanation of that yeah so it's a day treatment program and essentially you have students who are completely outside of the system and they are I mean in that program they were living in a group home and they needed they had a lot of changes in their mental health and the way that I saw it was they they kind of lost their way in terms of how they learned and they just needed to relearn how to learn and get ready to be back into a mainstream school they weren't ready to be in school it wasn't their first priority they were dealing with a whole lot of other things and so day treatment is linked to a treatment program so there's a teacher myself and then I had two child and youth workers who were in the classroom with me and we sort of worked together to create a program that was educational but also treatment one of the things that first made me notice AJ when we were working together was her, it, 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 I can say nothing else other than, than joy at participating in different uh, committees, teams, different activities. She 
connected herself with prom. She helped out with sports. She was on uh, school groups and school um, professional development teams. And there was just so much that she was connected with. I was always curious what fueled her amazing energy. I never felt like I had to. It's just something that I enjoy doing. I do things because I enjoy them, not because I feel like I have to. And But when I said that I felt like I had to, it's because I did it, I felt like I had to for my students. But I enjoyed it for myself, if that makes sense. Because my students are so outside of the system, I felt like I needed to make them feel like we're part of this school. Yes, we're separate, but your teacher is part of this school. If your teacher is part of this school, you are part of this school. We all belong together. We're not separate. And I mean, they feel isolated enough with everything that they're going through. They're in a classroom the entire day. I mean, even the bathroom was in our classroom. Like there was a lot, there was sometimes where students would be using the washroom in our classroom because they couldn't use the washrooms outside of the school because they needed to be supervised. So I just felt like I owed it to them for them to see that they weren't isolated and that their teacher was a part of something. And so by default, they were a part of something. We shifted gears a bit and I wanted to ask her about her teaching abroad. Um, AJ has left the country to explore teaching in some uh, farther parts of the world. And in in the pursuit of finding out why she would do that, I also had never actually heard any of the backstory about how she had gotten involved with it and uh, what made her say yes. Like I said, it's not something that I'd ever thought about doing, but our principal at the time of that school that we were at together was going to be the teach abroad principal. And he approached me and he said, hey, I think you might enjoy this. I have a really difficult time not trying something when it's put out there for me. So he said, think you'd enjoy it? Think about it. And I said, oh, I don't know. I kind of walked away from that saying, that's crazy. I would never do that. And then I talked to Jocelyn who had done it before. So Jocelyn. And she was saying, oh, you know, I might go. And so it was a little bit of a push, you know, there's going to be somebody that I know there. Oh, it's here. I would never do it otherwise. It's kind of right in front of me. If I don't go for it now, I'll never do it. So I just went for it. That's, and I loved it. And it was life changing, actually. It was a very, it was an amazing experience. I actually had never traveled that far before. I think, <laughs> which is also like, okay, you're going to go on a trip. And, you know, the furthest you've ever gone is Central America. But you know what? Today you're going to go all the way, 15-hour flight, and you're going to go there. And it's going to be a place that you've never even really thought about and that you've never really looked into at all. And the toilets are going to be squat toilets. And that was the biggest thing that was on my mind was the toilets. So once she got over the... Uh the squat toilet um, issue. I was wondering what the actual teaching and learning experience was like when she was there. Well, I mean, it's sort of, you're teaching with a broad array of teachers and it's like secondary and elementary teachers together. And to me, that was the most eye-opening and not eye-opening, but just 
it was the biggest learning opportunity for me because we're so sep we consider I don't we're always so separate from the elementary. And I think when you're working together, you I just I learned so much from those teachers and their ability to just sort of go with the flow and have fun and be silly and play games and have sort of uncontrolled chaos and how much learning can happen in this fun environment and these games and just kind of letting go and just embracing it. I learned so much from that because I'm so used to in secondary, although I'm coming from, like we said, on the fringe of, you know, the mainstream classes and there's a lot of flexibility, it's still sort of prescribed because I'm following a curriculum. I'm kind of, I have to do this within this time frame, And it wasn't like that. It was so open and it was just, you don't have to, there's no structure. There is structure, but it's sort of uncontrolled because you don't know where that game is going to go. You don't know how long you're going to be playing Typhoon, which I never even knew existed before I went to Taiwan. So it was, I just, I learned so much from them in that context. And then of course I had to know what did you learn from the students there? I learned, so I know it's like you always say like your positivity, right? The positivity, but I don't really think about how much that affects the students in front of me. It's just, it is who I am. It's what I do. It's, it's just me. And at the end of each of those little teaching blocks that we had, one of the students was like, oh, thank you, miss, for, you know, not teaching me how to say something in English or not teaching me about Canada, but teaching me that it's, that it's okay to smile, that teachers are funny, that, you know, you, I, they just kept saying, you're very interesting. That was sort of the word. <laughs> I was always like, hmm, <laughs> not sure. What is that? Yeah, it's like, hmm, what does that mean? Is that just kind of like your word for, I don't know how to describe you. You're just kind of like out there. So I think that for me was the biggest thing that how much of an impact that personality or being able to, then that kind of, it goes back to the connect, connection, how important that is because they don't have that. And the big question, will she go back again? I don't know. A lot of, a big part of me wants to go back and wants to try it again and just wants to enjoy it again. But I don't know. It's, it's a huge commitment. And there's just so much going on here sometimes that you get bogged down with sort of life. And it's, it's saying I have to leave for five weeks, right? And you're just so far away. And, but I mean, I think given another opportunity at some point, I definitely will do it again. Yeah. It teaches you to simplify. It really taught me to simplify. It was, <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, break it down. Take a step back, slow down, enjoy it, take it in. So as we get closer and closer to the end of the podcast, I was curious about what's next on the horizon for AJ. What, uh, what is she aiming for? What might she be looking to change up in the near future? I think I'm going to, I'm really enjoying the experience within that guidance frame. And it's, it's very, it's a very different experience because again, you're not in a classroom at all. And you're, look, you're getting to know students on a whole different level and you're doing all of these different things. And I think I'm going to explore, I want to explore that a little bit more. I want to spend some more time there. 
I don't know that I'm ready to leave alternative education yet that that I'm ready to that I'm ready to say okay I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna step down from my position and I'm gonna just go for full-time guidance I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet because I I do like that connection to the classroom so either in guidance in the future or in alt ed you know I wondered what's the similarity there though like how is it that she sees that she can exist in in both spaces and really what's her what's the kind of like the personal fuel that she's got to help create positive change for students in um in and around her i think i'm going to bring the positive i mean for me i think it's the positivity and the ability to kind of look at something and help my students kind of work through it in a just look at things differently i man i don't know clough i don't know it's hard because for me i just i always want to be that person for these students that you know that's there like i like to think of it and say if i wasn't there and if i wasn't the one that was pushing them or encouraging them they might be getting suspended tomorrow because i'm not there to advocate for them and i think for me that's sort of who i am for my school and for my students i'm the one that's going to look at them and not say, you know what, you're just being that kid. You're being difficult. I like to look at, you know, where's that coming from? And I like to think that I'm the one to support them in that. That's going to have their back. That's going to be able to understand where they're coming from and not jump to conclusions. I'm just going to go with that for now. <laughs> podcast can be found on itunes and podbean if you ever want to reach out and have a conversation with me on this podcast you can find me at chrisjclef at gmail.com or you can find me on twitter at chrisjclef it was great bringing this story to you really really glad i got a chance to talk to aj and uh, overall i think the episode kind of turned out okay so until next time take care thanks for listening